Welcome into a brand new episode of a whole new ball game. Joining us on the podcast today, Kansas City Royal outfielder in the organization, Anderson Miller, two-time guest on the podcast now. Anderson, what's going on? How are we doing today? Man, we're good. Uh, I guess I did some things right last time to make it back on. Um, I'm excited to be back on. Obviously, Vinny's not here. Right. But uh, we're here, and that's all that matters. That's right. It feels a little different. This is my first time doing the podcast without Vinny. So it's a little it's a little interesting. You know, I, I do miss him a little bit. I bet, man. It, that's that's Batman and Robin right there. But uh, we'll, hold, we'll hold it down. And uh, I think we'll give the people what they're looking for. Yeah, so overall, how did you think your season went uh, this past oh. year? Man, uh, first of all, it was long, really long. Um, there were some, there were a lot of positives to take away from the season. There were some things I didn't get done personally um, that I had in mind for myself. Um, I guess we'll we'll start with the we'll start with the negatives, and then we'll 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 build our way into the positives. And because I like to I like to look at the bright side of things and where we're at, where we go from here. Um, didn't didn't make my debut. That was a big goal of mine. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to at least get to 20, 20 homers, 20 steals. I didn't get there either. Um, I don't know if you knew this or whoever's listening to this knew this, but my season got ended about two months early. Um, I went up to rob a home run at Werner park in Omaha. Cleek got stuck in the wall. Super unfortunate. Um, my ankle blew out. Thought I, I thought I broke my ankle. I thought I tore my Achilles. I thought it was really serious injury, right? Like I got helped off the field. That ended my season um, August 13th. So that would have, you know, that was another almost month of all, which could be 100, 150 at bats. And anything can happen in 100 at bats. I mean, anything can happen in 50 at bats. We're watching Kike Hernandez and Rosario. It, you know, they can't get out right now. Um, but, so that sucked. I wanted to make it through the whole season healthy. Um, didn't get to do that, but it wasn't a fluky thing or something that I could have necessarily controlled, right? Try to control what you can control, your preparation and taking care of your body through the year with diet, exercise, and just being mentally prepared, ready to go to, to work each night or in, during day games. Um, so that sucked. Uh, I went through the worst slump of my life. <laughs> uh, I spent some time, uh, came out of the gates really hot and then went into this eight for 70 slump, eight for 70. Yeah. I'll repeat that again. Uh, that was, that was tough, man. Um, I don't wish that upon anybody. I don't have a worse enemy, but I, if I did, I wouldn't wish that on them. Um, but now we'll go into the positive side because, you know, at this point in minor league baseball, there's not really losses or wins. This is all just development to figure out what's going to work in the show. Right. That's, that's why we're all in the minors. That's why you make the jump from double A to triple A. And this is my first year in triple A. This is my first big league camp, which was like huge, huge box checked off for me. Um, I was super excited to be there just to be a part of, of what goes into a big league camp. And, and, and finally, finally check that box off. Um, I got drafted in 2015, didn't get there until this year. So that was a, that was an uphill climb, but, uh, you know, that's one of those things that continues to push me. I just wanted to be there and show that I could hold my own with, with the guys we see on TV every night. And I, I felt like I did that. And, um, 
was able to just see kind of how the, some of the guys go about their business, see other guys in uniform that you don't necessarily get to see all the time. Um, and just got, I mean, got to be, got to play with my friends and, you know, at the end of the day, we're playing baseball and to play with some of the guys that I, that I really enjoy spending time with and, um, being friends with throughout the season was, was awesome. Um, uh, yeah, uh, playing in AAA for the first time too. Also really fun. Got to play in front of my parents, had a lot of good moments going on there in Omaha. Um, yeah, but now, you know, I'm back healthy from rehab. Rehab went smoothly. Shout out to uh, Justin Hahn, the rehab doctor down in Arizona. He's a busy guy right now, but um, we killed it in rehab. Took about, timetable was supposed to be six to eight weeks. I made it out in seven. Um, ended up with a severe high ankle sprain. I guess I get, didn't cover that earlier. Didn't have to go under the knife, no surgery, no Achilles damage. So we're healthy, good to go. Just started training again this week. Um, but spent some time in Arizona just trying to figure out what I need to do to prepare for 2022. Spent some time working out with the guys in Instructs, uh, getting to be a leader for the young guys down there that are the next wave up of the next wave. You know, there's a good time to be a Royal right now, I guess. Um, so just getting to see those guys was uh, and shed some light on those and provide some insight on what, you know, kind of the bumps and bruises I've endured through my career and the lessons I've learned through experience was cool being down there in Arizona during an instructional league time um, and the fall he was getting ready to start up so I got to talk to some of those guys too so yeah man we're in a good place and now we're trying to figure out uh, what's the move for 2022. What advice would you give a rookie Anderson Miller after this past season? Who? Um, I guess it depends on where they would be situationally. Obviously, earlier in your in your career, you're working on getting some of those mechanics, those things sorted out. You're trying to figure out a routine for yourself at, in the cage. You're trying to figure out how do I even attack a 140 game season, 160 game season, plus all of the games in spring training and the games that don't go on the record. I guess you know what I mean. Um, trying to figure out how you prepare, how you. I would say I would say start there for the younger guys. You know get. Get your sleep, stay hydrated, have have fun, first of all. I mean, golly, it's a long season. It is a long one. Um, have fun. Um, play play for your buddies, but also realize that you know you're you're playing for the people that helped you get there. Uh, and to them to my older guys, I would say, you know, you need to first of all, rule number one is like know yourself. If you don't, if you don't know what you're trying to get done. And what your what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, and as a hitter, you're, if you're trying to chase guys around, or as a pitcher, you're trying to execute pitches that you don't feel comfortable making, you're gonna probably find yourself in trouble. Because honestly, I mean, the difference between AAA and the big leagues is just a matter of opportunity and timing, and maybe a more tenured career. But like skill level wise, from the guys that came through on rehab assignment or you know, being around the best prospects in the world and, you know, guys like myself who are kind of in that, like, in-between area, you know what I mean? Like, can help in the big leagues, can hold their own in the big leagues, but not necessarily a bona fide prospect either. Like, all of us aren't, aren't that similar. What, what matters is, is, what, is your approach, knowing yourself and, and how you're trying to beat the other guy that's across from, you know, that's standing on the mound or the guy that's standing in the box. 
One of my favorite things about our conversations throughout the year was just mindset, you know, and how you can grow it every single day and, and how you develop it. How do you think your mindset has changed in the last year? Gosh. Um, yeah, we did talk a lot about mindset. Um, I think it's rule number one is you've got to be very, you got to be very positive. Like if you're, if you don't believe you can get the job done, you're probably not, you know, you could have the best mechanics, the best spin rate, the best bats, bat speed, all the metrics, you could have all the boxes checked, but when you run into that guy that may not have the best looking swing, but he's like, you know what, I'm going to get mine off of you. That guy's going to win pretty much every time I would say. And, um, first of all, confidence is huge. And then second is just continuing to, I would say like the biggest thing I learned about this year is like self-talk. So we talk to our, we have conversations with ourselves more than we talk to anybody in the world, right? Whether it's, I mean, through the phone, on the phone, texting, FaceTime, whatever. The internal dialogue you have with yourself is way more frequent and usually way more negative than you would ever talk to anybody in your life. We're hard on ourselves, right? We all are struck. I like to think most of us are striving to be a better version of ourselves or want to be somewhere that maybe we're not and we're not satisfied, right? Um, that's why we kind of go, especially me and you, that's why we go as hard as we do. Um, so one thing I've had to, had to work on and be like pretty proactive about is talking to myself. Like I would talk to a friend and, you know, if you think about it, if, if you talked to yourself when you're, you know, in those bad head spaces, you know, I'm I'm referring to that 88 for 70 time, right. That's, that's about a month. That's almost three weeks a month of at bats, and that's road trips, bus rides, sleepless nights, bringing home to my wife. Like that, that stretches out. That time period is pretty long, right? And if somebody were to talk to you the way that you talk to yourself, you would probably punch them in the mouth, <laughs> like straight up. So knowing, and that, I bet it feels longer for you going through that. Of course, of course. You know, everybody in the dugout says, "Hey, man, keep going, keep going, keep working hard." I'm showing up every day, early work all of this and then just going like trying to do more and more and more and then, and then you you almost just have to like gear back and just like all right I'm here for a reason I can do this I was in big league camp facing the best of the best toe to toe every day hold my own like you got this right so telling myself that and then and then really focusing in on on one thing at a time and just being in the moment, trying to be where my feet what feet were at that time, um, just kind of helped me slowly climb out of that and actually salvage a season where I got some momentum coming into 22. Who did you rely on most on that team this year? Was there anyone? Uh, spent a lot of time talking to McBroom, man. Ryan McBroom, um, older guy. Great season. I think he hit the most home runs in Omaha history. Um, that dude, season. phenomenal season, right? Um, that dude went through a lot. I, 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 I can only imagine having that good of a year and not getting a chance to get a true opportunity to contribute up top in KC has got to be tough, right? 
and for him to clock in every day and just continue to move forward and, and try to get his work in and me and him talking about it, like trying to figure out that, that process that's going to make us successful over the long haul, no matter what situation you're in. And then another guy is, he's not in our organization, but really good friend of mine. His name's Drew Ellis, um, Diamondbacks. I think he led AAA and OPS. So we are, I mean, he's like a brother to me. We talk all the time and he got to make his debut this year. And, um, you know, it was one of those things we felt like we spoke into existence starting last year in COVID. Like neither of us got invited to alternate site and like that put a chip on our shoulder and trying even, you know, he started out the season 0 for 21, I want to say. Um, and look where he ended up. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went through my struggle and, and it's hard to, you know, you know, when you're talking about things and visualizing things, you always visualize the positive, but what we don't always account for is like, man, stuff's going to hit the fan at some point. How are you going to bounce back from it? And it's easy to be the team guy, the hard worker, the good guy, the good dude in the clubhouse with the positive energy when everything's going sunshine and roses and you're raking or guys can't get guys can't touch anything that you're doing, but what you really are is when it, you know, when, when you're in that tight spot, it feels like your back's against the wall. Like what, what are you really made of and, and fit and figuring that out and having guys to lift me up through that. Honestly, you too, man. Like you were like, Hey man, keep going. I'm like, you know, Nick Heath, another guy, he went to the Diamondbacks. So uh, those, I mean, just having a good inner circle, like you, you can't do go through this journey alone. Um, it's dark. It can get dark if you let it, but also you know, I had a, I, I had a quote from, um, uh, from a book that I read this summer is like, you know, this, the storm, the clouds go away when you start looking for sunlight. And I started trying to do that. I started trying to, Hey man, I'm blessed. I'm playing a baseball game. Like I'm out here. I'm getting an opportunity to play. My buddies aren't getting an opportunity to play. You know, I'm, I'm uplifting guys that are in the big leagues that may be going through a struggle. Like I'm serving a purpose here. Like just keep, keep going. And it's, really easy to say trust the process like the most cliche thing in the book but man like it really is like if you just if you continue to believe and keep chipping away keep chipping away and try to be present and be in the moment as much as you can with whatever you're doing and this is this is more of a microcosm for life than it is just baseball right this 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 thing goes far beyond that but if you can be where you are and just, and just try to go all in on that moment usually things end up, you know, the universe kind of favors you in that, in that aspect. So doing that and having a good support system around me, man, kind of helped me work through some things and continue to grow. And I feel like I'm continuing to improve and that's all you can ask for leaving the season. 15 years from now, do you ever see yourself being a coach at some form of level? Man, I don't know. I don't know if I could do, I don't know if I could do the coach thing. I feel like I could do, I could definitely do the, uh, the special assignment. You know, I could, I could take a guy under, I got no problem taking a guy under my wing and just kind of letting him know what, what the road, what lies ahead on the road, you know, down the future. Cause man, if I had somebody that would have been able to tell me what I was going to experience, even at the, at the age of 18, from 18 to where I'm at now at 27, golly, I would have went, I mean, there's no, hindsight's always 2020, but if I could have had somebody kind of just take me under the wing, be like, Hey man, this is what's coming up. This is where you need to be. You need to surround yourself with people that are, are better than you, stronger than you, faster than you, 
if you're the strongest, fastest, what best guy in the room, you're probably in the wrong place. You're not pushing yourself as hard as you need to like, but then you continue to work. Right. So all that stuff considered, man, um, maybe, I mean, it would just, I don't know. I, I feel like I would be too hard on the kids, man. <laughs> I do. I, um, I actually did do some coaching last summer though. I guess if you, I did some coaching for, um, Wilson premier tournament down in uh, Lake Point, Georgia, um, coach the top 20, 23s. Some of those kids I'll be seeing their name in the draft here in a couple of years and they'll be going, they'll be first rounders. I have no doubt. Um, Wilson br uh, brought me in to, to coach for that weekend because the summer was season was canceled. Right. So I was down there with a guy named Lou Collier. Um, he's a big league, big league player. Um, he gave me a lot of insight and me and him kind of told these kids like, Hey man, like you might be a perfect game 10 and you got all the hype in the world. But like, once you get into pro ball, nobody cares. And you're going to have to go against, you're going to have to take my job. And that's what it comes down to. So like, I know everything's good right now, but you're never, you never arrive, right? You never arrive. You're always, continuing to become more become better grow try to stay in that growth mindset once you hit that oh, i got to figure it out mindset you're about to lose your job or things are going to go south for you when did you realize that um pretty early on i would say probably when i got to college um went to western kentucky i don't i guess we covered that on the first episode for people that don't know, I went to Western Kentucky, small school, right? So I guess this started before then because in high school, I didn't have a whole lot of hype. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, UK, I came to find out they didn't think I could play in the SEC. Okay. Right. Didn't give didn't talk to Louisville at all, which now I give Coach McMack, I, if I see him, hey, man, like what? what happened right <laughs> like, hey man we, missed. we just missed because other guys on my other guys on my travel team got recruited uh by them and went there and had a successful career um but when i got to western man um i don't know i, I just thought it was going to be i was just like oh you know i'm on a full ride here lucky enough to get a full ride got there and then i realized like i'm not i'm not what i i'm not where i want to be there's guys that are bigger, faster, stronger than me, but you know, I continued to work and ended up winning the job as a freshman. Um, 20 games in, I tear my labrum, boom, season's over, lose the red shirt. Um, and it's like, okay, baseball's gone. Now what, what are you going to do? So I spent that time that same week, Kobe tore his Achilles. This is 2013. Kobe tore his Achilles. And my goal, I don't know why it happened like this, but I was like, I'm going to beat Kobe back. Torn labrum, torn Achilles are about the same timeline. I don't know a dude that has the same mindset as Kobe Bryant at the time. I'm like, this is who I'm gunning for. So I spent that whole summer at Western, six days a week, just continuing to work. I'm like, I'm going to make it back, make it back. 6 a.m. on the track one day, 6 a.m. in the gym with our strength coach the next day for a whole summer 
show up the next year. Great season. Made it back healthily, healthily to sum it up. Ended up getting invited to the Cape, right? From being no season to getting a full contract for Cape Cod. And just realizing that, like, I'm always going to be an underdog. Like, I've never had a moment where I'm like, I'm here. I've arrived. Like, it's, it's never going to be that way for me. And it may be like that for some people, but people that have that mindset end up losing that whatever they've earned quickly. So I don't know, man. I just always have felt like that's just kind of a mentality that I've embraced, whether that's the situation or not. Obviously, I ended up getting drafted in the third round. So that got me somewhere, but I still haven't gotten to my goals where I'm an everyday big leaguer. So I've got work to do in my mind. And I don't think I'll ever lose that. And whatever, you know, that that dream could go away. We never know. But that mindset is going to translate to whatever I'm going to do. And it's going to propel me forward at whatever I'm going for. So that's 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 kind of where I'm at. And just the more the more I continue to get older, like you realize that it's just like you're the work's never done. And this isn't really a race that you're running that ever has a finish line. Like it's, there's always work to do. And that's what makes the, that what's, that's what takes the good to great. And so did you, did you beat Kobe back? I did. I did by about two weeks. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah, a pretty man, cool that, accomplishment. That was, that was a cool, that was a cool summer, man. I, that was the first time I lived. I had a choice. I could have went back to Lexington and done my rehab, lived at home. And something in me was like, I need to stay at school and just become my own man. And that summer, man, it was just like a light switched on for me. And I just started just going for it. And I haven't stopped since. I haven't took my foot out of the gas since. What was your greatest accomplishment so far in your career? Hmm. a good question man a lot of times I, I take I take the I'm always in the space of like man I haven't I'm not there yet but but honestly I mean going from being undrafted out of high school probably to the being a top 100 pick and making it back from a, a career ending injury to it not even happening and coming back and and, and throwing harder and, and still having an opportunity to, to pursue my dream and making it through now six years of minor league baseball, and I feel like I'm doing something right. Um, but I still haven't checked that big box off yet. So there's been a lot of victories along the way. Getting to big league camp was an emotional. I remember when I got that call last year, I shed some tears, happy tears. Um, that was that was a that was a really good uh, a good experience and something I had been really working for for a long time so getting to do that but now I feel like all all my focus on is is putting on a big league uniform and staying there that's that's really why I'm doing this and obviously I want to create a better life for my family and set up set up my family for the future but um doing that and knowing that I'm playing for other people that are underdogs or were necessarily not told that they were the best or told that they weren't, you know, that, that, uh, for that surefire person that I'm kind of doing it for the people that 
maybe at times didn't think they could. So well, I understand. Kind of bigger purpose, I guess. I could have said any better. I mean, it's just like I said earlier, you know, in our conversations in all year has just been so great and so great and, and rich, you know, where it's like you got to it just it's different than most people, I think. You know, and I think you have to be different, but you also have to have that growth mindset. And, and you've learned that, you know, and you've known that for a long time. Um, and it's just so great to hear you explain it for the people, because I, I said before this, I'm like, I wish more people knew the Anderson Miller mindset. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I just at this point, like it's so much bigger than just me. Um, like I said, I feel like I've got a voice. I've got a voice and a story that will hopefully be heard by more as, as we continue to go. But, you know, I'm doing this for more than, than just myself and, and it's taken on a lot more meaning and now it gives me a real sense of purpose that I didn't necessarily have in the past. Well, Anderson, this is my favorite part of the show. It's a fast five quick round. It's five quick questions and oh. you have as much time to answer them. Are you ready? Born ready. Not scared of anything. All right. So the first one, if you are trying to impress your wife by cooking, what meal are you going to cook? Ooh. Funny you asked that. It was our anniversary last night. Three years. Three years of marriage. Wow. Time flies. We've been together for eight. We met freshman year of college. She's a saint. Um, I actually did a, a homemade pasta sauce. She's a big Italian fan. Homemade pasta sauce. We had... Uh, Roasted red peppers, fresh basil, some heavy whipping cream, little red pepper flakes, some rigatoni. Um, we put together a nice little, uh, had, a, had a nice texture, very fresh tasting. I would probably whip up some Italian, Italian meal. Um, I, don't have, I don't have the family uh, heirloom lasagna recipe yet, but uh, if, I had, if, I had to really, if I had to really knock it out of the park, I would go with some like super nice, homemade lasagna meal but uh anything italian is what i would tackle and uh she was a big fan and i uh got some brownie points for that last night <laughs> so that was a victory no what's dessert did you have any dessert or no nah man we kept it simple uh no homemade dessert i picked up a nothing bunt cake okay confetti, confetti flavor uh for those of you that haven't had it go get one you're, um, you're amazing very satisfied with uh with that choice my wife was um so yeah man yesterday was a w big one big anniversary w that's awesome that's <laughs> awesome. second question for you see this is where it gets challenging not having Vinny because usually I only have to come up with three but now I do I, now I gotta do five um what would be your favorite tv show to binge watch oof so right now I'm binge watching the shop on HBO, but those are only 20 minute episodes. So that doesn't really count. Right. But those are fantastic. Um, right now, me and my wife are watching you on Netflix. Um, pretty much any type of crime drama. I'm all in any type of true crime, true detective on HBO, uh, sharp objects on HBO. Uh, on Hulu, Nine Perfect Strangers, also a good one. Any type of like creepy crime mystery thing, I'm all in. 
Number three, what was your favorite ballpark you played in this year? Ooh, Columbus, man. That place was sick. Columbus, Ohio. Uh, first of all, a great sports town, Ohio State. Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus Crew. Columbus Clippers. All on the same street, pretty wow. much. The three, sport, the three pro teams, all on the same street. So I love playing there. One, because it was close for my parents to come. They got to come up and, and watch some games there. My parents live in Lexington still. Um, in-laws got to come up from Louisville. Um, playing there, good crowds. They had a they had a really big beer snake there. Um, that really fun, also beautiful ballpark. Um, good food, or, good food around around the ballpark. The key to a good stadium, a good place to play. One, obviously good field two good crowd three breakfast coffee places around the around the yard before before game time and then also a good hotel so i mean it was just like you can't you can't lose i mean honestly i don't mind getting trash talked by people on the road um it makes the game more fun and we had a couple games there that by the end of the game you know they started they tearing me up <laughs> to start the game and ended up hitting a homer and by the end of it they were cheering they were like the whole left field section was just cheering my name and that was that was one of the more fun games that we played uh this season for me personally uh so I like that one also Indianapolis was a really cool park as well a lot of history in both of those places I think no doubt what's one of the funniest things a heckler said to you that you can say on a podcast <laughs> that you can say on the podcast is the uh is is the key there? Um, <laughs> Ali, hold on, man. Let me let me go back in my files. Somebody, okay. <laughs> so I just restarted my social medias again, right? And I was out there, and I don't know why this one got me. It was late in the game. I think we were in Columbus, and this dude yells yells down from the top. He's like, Miller, how are you a pro athlete? You only got forty. You only got forty followers on Twitter, man. I'm like, look, man. I'm sorry. I just started again. I don't know. That one, that one got me, but uh, the, the ones I can't repeat are, are probably better, but uh, obviously we're, uh, we're going to keep this, we're going to keep this safe for work, but uh, man, love a good heckle. It was nice to have fans again, honestly, all, all trash talks. Welcome. I can't respond to all of them. The one that got super old was the uh, left hand, this right hand, this like, Old teammate Khalil Lee was the uh, the originator of that one. I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok or not. Yeah, sure you have. Uh, got that one all summer. Didn't respond once. Uh, yeah, we kept it moving on that one. But man, playing in front of fans, trash talk, I love it all. It makes it more fun. You didn't respond to at least one of them. Nah. <laughs> okay, it's a slippery, it's a slippery slope because if you respond right. to one. of them, then the next one's on and then they don't stop. Also, everyone's recording you now trying to get you on their TikTok. We had a good one with Jace Vines in the bullpen in Omaha uh, that actually went pretty viral. Uh, I want to say it was, uh, hey, 19, did you sit in some sugar? Because you got a sweet ass. <laughs> and that was in uh, that was in St. Paul. Uh, I That one's still that one's got to be on TikTok still somewhere. If we ever find it, we'll have to tweet that out. But yeah, uh, Jace Vines is a legend. That one. 
this is the first minor league baseball season with TikTok being a thing. So yes, sir. It was a different animal. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then the last one for the Fast Five. What would be if you wrote a book about your life up to this point in time? What would the title be? Ooh. Oh man, that's a good question. I actually thought about this. <laughs> oh man. I'd probably call it 7.5. Backstory. In high school, perfect game showcase. Thought I killed it at the time. Uh, perfect game did not agree. Um, perfect game grade for me, 7.5 out of 10. Um, I've had that pretty much po postered wherever I've been and living. I'm pulling up a picture on my phone right now so that those who are watching this on Zoom can uh, see. Um, I've pretty much had that as motivation for myself since the day I can remember. Uh, 6-1, oh, wow. one five. Anderson Miller right there. Um, so every time that it, things get hard in the gym or um, I start running out of steam motivation, you're still a 7.5. And if you want to equate that in normal, normal sports terms, you know, that would be the uh, Lamar Jackson being told he's a, you know, a running back or a wide receiver, you know, the two star high school recruit, the one star the CJ McCollum's, Damian Lillard's, which is why I'm a, I'm a Trailblazers fan. They took a loss last night, but we'll get back on track. But, you know, those underdog guys that, that just kind of came out of nowhere, it's like, how did this, where, you know, where'd this guy come from? Um, all of us, all of us guys in small school nation, man, um, that 7.5 speaks volumes to me. And um, it, it's become a part of me and it, it keeps me going. And um, like we said, you know, you never, you never be, be something like you're always becoming something. And, and we're obviously chasing something here on the journey, but what's more important is who you become in the process of that chase. And um, I think we're headed on the right track there. I hundred percent agree. And for everyone watching, we want to say thanks so much Anderson for coming on today. And so we can change the narrative of the heckler. Where can people follow you on social media? <laughs> yeah. So we start uh, building your uh, your followers back up. We're we're back, man. Um, both Instagram and Twitter. If you want to heckle me on there, cool. At Anderson L Miller with no spaces. Um, that's where you can find me. Hit me up. Um, we can chop it up. I'm sure there'll be some off-season workout, workout stuff going on. You know, we may take a couple of trips this year. I'm not really sure, but uh, anything's fair game. Um, so we'll see what happens next, man. Well, Anderson, you're the best. Thanks again for hopping on. Yes, sir.